Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are going to be discussing what are we discussing, Gail? We're discussing friendship, women and friendship. And before we start this episode, I would like to preface it by saying that, you know, Gail and I, sometimes our schedules do not overlap. And it's hard for us to find time to record an episode. So what we're doing is we are recording. We have a few episodes that we're recording that I'm calling our back pocket episodes, which means that we record them out of time. Um, so that if we ever run into a time where it's just not going to work, that we're able to get an episode up on Thursday, we have something to put up now. So because of that, this is not going to follow our normal format because usually when we do this and we record out of time, then I get all confused because it's not in order how we talk about books. Like we'll be talking about books months later when we've already finished those books or whatever, that's weird. So I want to avoid all of that. So for these shows, I think we, instead of talking about what we're currently reading or we just finished, we will talk about in the beginning a backlist book that we're really um, excited to revive people's interest in and encourage you to read if you missed it the first time around. And then we're going to have our regular theme for this show, which this time is going to be female friendship. Now, the way we usually work it is that Gail and I, we pick on a topic and if there's something specific or in particular that either of us needs to look for, we specify it, but we do not share what titles we're coming up with. And for something like this, when I say women in friendship, we did not really define, you know, female friendships. We didn't define what those friendships should be like. So it could be toxic female friendships. It could be heartwarming female friendships. I have no idea what Gail is going to say. And I have a couple of different types of friendship. So (laughs) there's And I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be honest here that some of the ones... I have are not just female friendship. There may be Gail, male female friendship. Um, no, <laughs> that's not well, female friendships. <laughs> I know. Okay, there's one I'm sliding in that is a, a one of my favorite f- just friendship books. How's so that? why don't you use that as your backlist book? <laughs> uh, I could do that. I mean, that's so so off topic. <laughs> female friendships. But here's this male-female friendship. All right. All right. But, okay. So do you want to start off with that book? Uh, no, that's okay. I'll start out with other ones. Because well, I had, I actually had trouble list. finding, um, I had trouble finding books yeah. that were just um, two people. I had a few, but I had trouble, like well, I, I just couldn't find the whole list. be like two females. I mean, you just read a book. Female friendship wasn't that book that you just read with yeah. four friends. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely one of them. Yeah, it's I, female friendship. Right. I just, it I guess, be two females. I just had trouble finding ones that were only women. I thought it would be easier, and I was kind of racking my brain and looking over my shelves and looking through my blog, and <laughs> I just ended up finding 
one that had um, that had a boy thrown in the mix too. There were mm-hmm. female friendships, and the female friendships were pivotal. But okay, yeah. But there's and this boy. There's also a boy in the mix too. Well, why don't we just why don't we see when okay. we get to it? All right, that's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. All right. So, do you want to start off with our backlist books, or do you want to start off? With no, no. Let's books? start out with the theme. Let's start with the theme, and I'll start okay. out with the one that fits the theme beautifully. Um, okay. It is a book called Days of Awe by Lauren Fox, and um, this is one of but the fav- my favorite books of the year, the year I read it, I think it was like 2016. And this is an interesting one because one of the friends is dead. Um, it's about a woman who is going through a really tough time. Like she's just gotten divorced. Um, her very best friend has died and her friend was a huge, huge part of her life. It was a sort of an outsized character, very, um, you know, charismatic, had a lot of personality and she, but she passed away. So she's dealing with the grief of this friendship and it's kind of permeating her life and just exacerbating her loneliness. And there's a lot of history of their friendship and why her friend was so pivotal to her and why she was so important and why she feels the loss so keenly and how that loss then triggered the other things in her life, like her divorce from her husband and there was also some um, infertility in there. And then she's got this young son and she's sort of trying to be a mother while she's grappling with this. And it was just one of my all-time favorite books. I love Lauren Fox. And I feel like it did not get a lot of attention at the time. And I'm always trying to give it more attention because I just thought it was so good. But It's the runner-up to Kitchens of the Great Midwest. <laughs> exactly. Um, but because that friendship was so pivotal to her, it defined her so much. It still felt like the friendship was very much a part of the book, even though the character wasn't there. So, um, you know, I think one of the things that, one of the themes that often come up in friendships books are loss of the friendship, whether it's through they grew apart or whether it's through, you know, change of circumstance And here, it was through death. And, um, I thought she handled it really well. So that is my first pick. So my first one is Swing Time by Zadie Smith. Now I've talked about Zadie Smith and how much I've wanted to read her books and have not really had much success with them. Uh, I tried to read White Teeth, didn't really get into it that much. I think On Beauty is her collection of essays. So this was the first novel of hers that I was really able to get into and appreciate, read all the way through. I really liked it. It is a story of two young girls who meet each other at dance class. And they are both, they're young black girls. So they recognize each other in the world of ballet. Like the book goes into detail in the beginning. It talks about how they're both the same shade of brown. And one is a better dancer and has more talent than the other. And um, one of them comes from sort of more difficult circumstances than the other. So the book, they are French, they are friends, but as can often be the case with friends, you know, if you're doing something, if you're in a sport like, or if you participate in activity like dance or like ballet, there are elements of competition there. They're not always friends, like their friendship ends when they are in their early 20s. But it does trace the, the, I will say, the less 
less talented one throughout mm. and how she interacts with this friend, you know, who uh, I guess at some point sort of becomes a frenemy. It's just about their fraught relationship over the years, what she chooses to do with her life when she doesn't dance. And ultimately what happens with her friend who had so much talent and so much promise. So it was really good. That's an interesting twist on friendship when you throw competition in. Right. When you throw that you're both. And when you think about ballet, which is not, you know, of all the things I think that little girls can be involved in, ballet seems like it's super competitive and, you know, partially, I guess, shaped on talent, natural talent, and probably physicality, like literally what size you are. That reminds me of another book, um, which has very strong female friendship elements to it in the world of ballet, which is Astonish Me, my Maggie Shipstead, Mm -hmm. which has some very intense relationships at its core. And they're among ballerinas. And, you know, like you said, that intense physicality and the, I mean, the problem with ballet, of course, is it's not a team sport. So, you know, usually one person- You're jockeying to be the best. Right. One person's success usually comes at someone else's expense. And so, um, you know, having two people that are have shared so much common experience when the, all the intensity of the long hours and the practice and the deprivation and all of that and the physical pain, and yet you can't truly root for each other. Um, and that the element that that brings to a friendship, I think, can be really interesting. So it's unsurprising that that becomes like a fertile topic for fiction. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it too, just in pop culture, the ballerinas, there's always crazy things going on. Like when you think of a black swan or, yeah, or if, or even just look to real life, not ballet dancing, but with figure skating, how there was that whole Nancy Kerrigan. Yes. I can't think of her yeah. name. Uh, Tanya, Tanya Harding. Harding. Yeah. Although they don't think they were ever actually friends. I mean, they were well, they weren't here. I'm just talking about the competitive, I guess, the sure. just the intensity and just some of the some of the I don't know. I, yeah, I guess the things that you do out of that intensity, things that in I don't know, because when I start thinking about movies and pop culture references to sports, they all just seem so dangerous and competitive. Like even when you think about Will Ferrell making that movie about dodgeball <laughs> or whatever. It's just people trying to hurt each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Sports is like a good setting for friendship. And then I think Megan Abbott had one. It, it wasn't ballet. It was gymnastics, like gym, you know, competitive of the, of being a gymnast, you know, all something that size has a lot to do with how successful you are. And I guess natural talent and the competitiveness, yet the friendships between those girls. And yeah. what was the name of that one? I think it was Dare Me. Yeah, I never knew that one. All right. Well, so my next one, I'm actually going to combine two books by the same author in this one because I think she handles friendship really well. And that is Meg Wolitzer, who wrote both The Interestings and The Female Persuasion. And her books are really, really um, strong character studies, I think, of friendship. So 
in the female persuasion, there is a friendship between college roommates or college, good friends from college and how their lives sort of diverge over the years and how they kind of hold each other to their beliefs and their um, idealism. And then her other book, and this is one of the ones that has some men in it, but um, is The Interestings, which is about a group of friends coming out of summer camp. And um, there's definitely strong female friendship elements in that one, although they're, I would say that probably the most pivotal relationship in there has to do with a boy. But um, she just really delves into uh, the complications of friendships and certainly how they um, how they weather the years from adolescence into adulthood, and how people's uh, you know um, expectations for their friends change over time, how people. Uh, incorporate into their friendships when they maybe start out on similar footing, but they end up in different places, either professionally or financially or, uh, you know, some other way. And uh, I just think she's, I think that's like her wheelhouse, which she's really good at. So um, that's one of the ones that has multiple gender in there. But I, I just think if we're talking about friendship, you can't have a conversation about it without Meg Wolitzer in there. You've read uh, Female Persuasions, but did you also read The Interestings? I didn't read The Interestings. Okay. Yeah. I read Female Persuasion. I read The 10-Year Nap, and I read The Wife, I think. Right. Uh, my Meg Willis or titles. Right. What's, it, what's good about The Interestings, too, um, and it goes back to like, similar to what we were just talking about with sports, is it has to do with when you've got artists friends who are artists and who also achieve different levels of success. And, you know, how do you sort of suppress your feelings of envy if your friend has kind of made it and you haven't, and yet you feel like you're equally talented? Um, So it's, you know, kind of that competitive thing and it, you know, uh, creative achievement and being recognized for your achievement, both um, critically and then also financially with, you know, great riches. Like she just, I don't know, she just handles that really well in those books. So, and to contribute to our ballet discussion, if you like, um, books that are about female friendships, relationships, and you like that ballet aspect, then I would also recommend The Crane's Dance by <laughs> Meg Howery. That was really good. I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, I think it came out, looks like it came out in 2012. And she also wrote um, The Wanderers, which is the space book that I was trying to get you to read. <laughs> oh my god that was recommended to me as well by jay ryan straddle ah she loves that book the wanderers yes is that about the ones to, on like the mars mission yes yes oh, where the astronauts he... where they get launched into, it was yeah yes he is, was told me to read that too and i did not put two and two together that that was the same one that you were also recommending for me to read 
Ah, okay. So if you're telling me to read it and Jay and Ryan Straddle is telling me to read it, like that is, I, I am, I, I, what could I do? I have to read it. You're like, like, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are like, you know, my best recommendation source and my favorite author. Like, obviously that means that I've got to read it. The tipping point. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you guys converse on that. Um, <laughs> okay. But so she had another book that also had to do with friendship, friendship female friendship ballet that was really good called the crane's dance okay all right so, i'm gonna put both of those on the list i see she has one other book called blindside i may have to check it out to see if i can become a completist of hers yeah so okay all right so what's your next one so my next one is the lying game by ruth ware and i can't remember if in a recent show, because I recently read the death, not the death of Mrs. Westway, I read The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware. That is her book that just came out in August. I, I wasn't crazy about that book. Um, and I feel like from what I've seen, not too many people were. It's about this woman who is a nanny and she goes to live in this house to be a nanny to a woman who has four children, a set of twins, there's a baby, and then she has an older daughter who is away at school. And their house is like this smart house that is just, everything is controlled by tech. You know, like um, there's like a little iPod device that controls the temperature of your shower. It will turn the lights on. Like everything is controlled by an app electronically. And she, at the beginning of the novel, is writing to her lawyer. Um, Well, not her lawyer, but she's writing to a lawyer in the hopes that they will take her case. And she's trying to explain that she is not responsible for a death that, that occurs of one of the children who is under her charge. And it's all about like what happens at this house. I didn't really like it. Um, I felt like it, it didn't really concentrate as much on the tech as it could have. It sort of presented as a ghost story. And I don't know. I just didn't. It, it took me a long time to read. I wasn't that into it. So... Saying all this to say, I didn't like Ruth Ware's last book, but the book before that was The Lying Game. And I think it came out maybe not this summer, maybe the summer of two summers ago because the death of Mrs. Westaway was out last summer. And it is about four friends who reunite at an isolated house. They go back to the town where I believe their boarding school was. And of course, there was a tragic incident that has separated them and, you know, it has consequence, consequences and repercussions for a gathering that they get together. There's four of them. You know, one has a child, one has a successful career. There is that whole mix of things. And of course, this weekend where they're supposed to be reuniting puts strain on their friendship and brings up things in the past that have always affected them. I really like that one. Yeah, so, people are not a- liking her latest one, I feel like. I keep hearing reviews of it and people are not thrilled about it. Yeah, it was just, it sets itself up. First of all, it it sets itself up as sort of like a tech, you know, like how does this tech environment influence what could, you know, the, what tragedy has happened in this home. 
And yeah, the tech, I think the tech aspect of it, one of the things I said um, on Instagram about this book and an Instagram story is that it was alternately boring. Like I was alternately just bored and then like low key frightened because things would happen. And then you start to think about your own tech that's in your house, but it wasn't really about that. And yeah, I don't know. And two, I think what happens is it's largely forgettable. Like I would have to really sit down to think some more about all the issues that I had with this book. But it's one of those things that, yeah, I read it. I didn't like it. I didn't think it did what it set out to do. And now it's not even sticking anymore. So I can't even tell you all the problems that I had with it. But I don't I have the Death of Cabin 10 to read by her. Um, Lydia was telling me that she also read... Uh, she read the death of Mrs. Westaway and she said she wasn't crazy about that either. So, mm. okay. We'll see. I do still really want to read the death, the, the death of Mrs. Westaway, but if it's something that is just not grabbing me 50 to a hundred pages, I might just DNF. Yeah. So now that we've been off on that tangent, what's your <laughs> next book? So my next book explores toxic friendship. Um, and this is a book I read a really long time ago. And I, on a recent show, I know you and I talked about Margaret Atwood, but this is from the 80s and this is called Cat's Eye. And it is a book about girls excluding and being mean to other girls and then the impact that that has on the rest of their life. So it takes place in, I guess it's high school or middle school. And there is a, the main character of the book is a woman named Elaine. And she was friends with a group of girls and then kind of a new girl comes in and that girl like is a mean girl and they are very mean to Elaine and they basically like destroy her confidence. Sorry, my dog is barking. Um, they the basically dogs, just, the kids. Hold the on. Dog, yeah, um, it's, it's a tough, tough time right now because I think the yeah. kids are leaving. So They're just leaving. let me, just a little context for the show. Gail has a play date going on in her apartment. So it's questionable that I'll be able to edit out all of this. So just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the noise. This is the reality of my life here. Um, I think that the kids are leaving. So hopefully things will quiet down in a minute. And my doc will calm down too. Um, so she um, sort of spends her life kind of trying to recover from you know, this horrible blow to her confidence that happened when she was in middle school at the hands of this awful woman and this awful girl. And then of course, later in life, they, they cross paths again. And, you know, she sort of has to decide, like, can she forgive? And does she have it in her to kind of be kind to this woman later on? And I mean, I think that's always an interesting fantasy about like, you know, you come back across your tormentor later and you have the chance to turn the tables a little bit. But um, anytime I look at any like lists of books about um, female friendship or anything like that, this is Cat's Eyes always on the list. And uh, I actually would love to reread this book because I read it so long ago. And I remember really loving it. It's a very sad book and it's kind of a lonely, dark book, like a lot of Margaret Atwood books. But um, I think this is, uh, this is, this deserves to be in any book about friendship. <laughs> so lucky. I think the kids are life taunting. Huh? I just, I don't, this is, yeah, not very helpful. Okay. 
All right. So that's Cat's Eye. What's your next book? The next book on my list is a classic. It's The Color Purple by Alice Walker. Um, I did not read this book until recently, and I believe it came out in the 1980s, I want to say, because I, well, maybe even before that, because didn't, wasn't, isn't the movie from the 1980s? Yeah, I think I just know that it's very early Whoopi Goldberg. I'm not sure. So I, I read this book much later than when it came out, and I was just stunned. It's such a beautiful book. It's something that can be read at any time. It is about female friendship. It's, um, the main character is a woman named Celie. She's in a very abusive relationship. She's been separated from her sisters. And she alternately writes sisters, writes letters to her sister who is not with her and to God. And it's just about her life. You know, she's growing up in the South. She has a very abusive husband. She doesn't love herself very much or feel comfortable in her skin. And over the course of the book, you see her interaction and you see her try to grow and nurture herself out of this marriage. And you see the role that female friendship plays in sometimes in supporting people. I mean, I think there are some times when people let her down, but it's just such, it's a stunning, it's a beautiful story. It's one of those books that you hear about that people love and you know, it's a classic and it's like, oh, I'll I'll get around to it or whatever. And then you read it and it's just like, why did I never read this? This is so good. So you have not read The Color Purple by Alice Walker, then you're in for a treat, even though it it does have, um, there is some brutality in this relationship, you know, that young Celia is in with her husband. But just the support, the role of female friendship in this novel is just like something that you can't miss. I read that so long ago, too. Now you're making me want to reread it. Mm-hmm. Especially because we, yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. Your, what was your, what do you remember your impressions being? I, I don't. Like it was so long ago, I barely remember it at all. Um, and I don't even know if I actually saw the movie or not. But, um, I just, I remember really liking it. I just, I couldn't have told you the fact pattern. So I was glad to hear you remind me of it. So good. Yeah. It, it um, looks like it was a book that I finished in one day. Oh my God. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I started it one morning and I finished on the same day. And I didn't think I was going to do that. It was, and it was fully epistol, epistolary. Oh, is it? I think so. I said I'm usually a little suspect about epistolary novels because I get caught up in how how a letter can have amazingly detailed recall of events. And yeah, <laughs> that usually does trip me up. It's just like, how do you remember word for word the conversation? I can be so literal sometimes. All right. No, but that always bothers me too. That didn't yeah. bother me with this. Yeah. Okay. So my next one, I'm going to pair two together. One of them we've talked about really recently on the show. So that one is The Last Romantics. And I'm going to pair that one with um, Invisible, Invincible Summer by Amy Adams. Um, Alice. Sorry. Yes. God, why do I always do that? By Alice Adams. Um, so as we talked about, The Last Romantics is about a group of four women from college and their friendship over time. And we've had such a recent discussion about that that I don't want to get into too much detail about that one. But then Invincible Summer is also about four friends from college. And this has um, a boy 
I think actually two boys in the mix with this one too. Yeah. But um, what I like about those is the kind of dynamics among four people over time. You know, it's one thing to talk about two people's lives changing um, after college and getting into adulthood. But when you expand it to four, you have a lot of kind of interpersonal dynamics and the feelings when two people are closer than others and two people feel estranged or when one is no longer part of the group and how that affects the other three. Um, So Invincible Summer follows four people in um, England. And after they graduate, they move um, to the city and their kind of their lives go off into different different directions. I actually think two of them are siblings in that one. So that adds an extra element of complication. But, um, you know, it's the same type of thing, checking in on them over, over the course of years as they kind of go through rites of passage of adulthood to get married and have kids and all of that. And just the role that they play in each other's lives and, and expectations and how things change. So, um, those two feel kind of linked to me and, uh, they, if you like books about friendships getting into adulthood and groups of college friends, that's, I think that's, that's, that's they're both good ones to read. Mm. Wait, did I say that was the last romantics? I apologize. That was not the last romantics. It was the other's gold. I read those two back to back. Um, <laughs> The Last Romantics is about siblings. It's the other. I'm school. sitting here thinking. I was like, I know we talked about both those books. Something. Yeah, yeah. No, I had the right, wrong one. But I had the wrong one. I read them like in a compressed period of time because uh, I was on vacation. vacation. Right? right. Yeah. So I met the other school by Elizabeth Egan. Um. So <laughs> I apologize. You so like, wait, Elizabeth Egan is she the one who wrote that book? That tech was it a tech startup book that you really liked? Or no, startup. What? Is that? No, not startup. I have to look her up now. I don't think so, because I think that's the first book I read by her. Oh, In fact, really? that may be a debut. Okay. Might have been a debut, but I'm curious to know which one you're referring to now. There's a book with a pink cover, and I cannot remember it. It was about it was some it was one of those books. It seemed like we had a rash of books where there were mothers who had left work and they were coming back to work at these tech companies. Oh no, no, no. You're thinking I know the book you're thinking of. Um, and her name is sort of similar. I'm gonna blank on what that one was called. The woman who goes back to work and she goes to work for this like Amazon as company. Right. A yes. window opens. Right. Jenner, what was her name? Oh, I'm looking for the book on the shelf. I didn't see it. I'll look it up online. Yeah, that's a different book. Um, but her name Elizabeth is Elizabeth Egan. Her name is Elizabeth Egan, but it's spelled Elizabeth with an S. Oh my God, that's crazy. I'm so glad to know I'm not crazy. It's like, I know it's a book with a pinkish reddish cover. Wait, so did I get the name wrong for, um, maybe I got the name wrong for the other school. Oh, it's Elizabeth Ames. That's why I always get that wrong. That is why I always get that wrong. I always want to call it Elizabeth Egan because I had read another book by her. You've just, you've just solved the mystery of it. Yes. The other school is Elizabeth Ames and a window opens is Elizabeth Egan. Thank you for okay. clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so those are two, two good group friendship books. Okay. So how many do you have left? I have one left, but it's, um, it's the boy girl one. Okay. 
which we now have to tell everyone since I can. And I think you've read I'm almost positive you've read it. Okay. So my last one, is it my last one? No, you went first. So it's not my last one. So Another Brooklyn by Jacqueline Woodson. Now, Jacqueline Woodson writes, she formerly, or maybe she still does, maybe she does both because now she's been writing adult novels, is she writes a lot of YA, like critically acclaimed YA novels, and she's very well known in that space. So a couple of years ago, and I think she also does a lot of poetry or like verse, novels and verse or stuff. I don't know. I could be making stuff up, but I think that's true. So anyway, a couple of years ago, she had a, she debuted an adult novel. It was called Another Brooklyn. And it is about, I think one of the friends dies and it's about one of the friends is reminiscing about her friendship growing up in Brooklyn. And the four women who just made it so, or girls at the time, made it so worthwhile because they were just, you know, they were young girls growing up on gritty city streets. And there were a lot of things that happened. You know, it's not like it was an idyllic childhood, but it was just, you know, they were able, the fact that they were able to navigate their adolescence together made it stronger. And though they don't stay like, you know, they, go their different ways. They're not all friends um, as adults. The book is just reminiscent of their friendship and all the things that got this one woman to be where she is. And it was such, it's such a great female friendship novel. Uh, She has another book coming out in September or just like based on whenever this aired, it might already be out and it's called Red at the Bone, which is also very good. Like she's such a great writer. And she's one of those writers who does not, she's a spare writer. So every sentence and every word is well-placed and just packs a punch and the stories that she is able to create. And it's usually, I want to say it's young adolescent women, or it's about like the black experience, some in Brooklyn. Like I haven't read a lot of her books, but the couple that I have read have been in Brooklyn and they've been so great. So Another Brooklyn by Jacqueline Woodson. Also check out Red at the Bone. Um, I think I picked up Red out. at the Bone at um, Book Expo, but I'm not sure. I got to check it out. So, okay, Gail. All right. So my last one is, this is the, the just pure boy-girl friendship. And this <laughs> one is One Day by David Nichols. Did I get that name right? Um, yes. So this is the book that checks in on a pair of friends. Was it every day? One day every year? Is it July 15th? The same day every year. Yeah. I always remember it because it's my brother's birthday. Um, He checks in on these friends um, on the same day of the year, every year for a certain number of years and um, charts the friend, their friendship over time. And some years they're in touch with each other and some years they're not. And it kind of, shows how their own lives have changed and how their friendship has changed, how they relate to each other. And I just remember really, really liking that book. Um, so it's not a female friendship, so it doesn't quite fit the category, but I (laughs) quite, (laughs) okay. So it doesn't fit the category, but it's about a friendship. And, uh, I, I just really like that one. I did not see the movie. I think the movie was supposed to be really bad. 
that right? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if I saw it either. Anne Hathaway. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I can't, maybe I did see it, but I don't remember. I don't remember the movie having as much of an impact as the book did, but I just really like that book. And I know that the, the conceit is a little forced that, you know, once a year thing, but I think it was interesting because it just showed that there were some years that they really weren't in each other's lives. And I thought it was kind of a realistic depiction of friendship. I mean, sometimes I think in, in books, friendship is a bit simplified, not so much in the ones we've picked. And I think that's why we've liked these ones we've picked because they do show the complications. But sometimes, you know, they'll just, these friendships are, it's kind of taken for granted that they're always close and they're always, you know, there for each other with equal measure of enthusiasm and um, availability. And that's not necessarily the way friendships are in real life. They come and go. I would agree with you, except for there was a romantic element. There was a, are they ever going to be on the same page? Yes. In this book that I think would exclude it, not only because it's not a female friendship, but it's not, it wasn't a pure friendship. It wasn't purely so it, platonic. Yeah. It makes it a little bit different. That's true. Okay. So but we'll normally put I, I would agree that if you were to check in like that on female friendships, like on a friendship, there's some years where you don't speak. There, You know, you don't yeah. speak or you don't speak as much or you see each other once a year. You could be going going through something and you see someone all the time or none at all. Yeah. And I like books that, that sort of address that incorporate that realism in there. Yeah. That, so even, you know, it doesn't have to be like this one where there was that, will they, won't they thing. But I do enjoy when books are more realistic about their depiction of friendships. Like sometimes even in that one that I was talking about the other's gold by Elizabeth Ames, as I now know, um, like, that one, there were times when the sort of, especially in the beginning, the kind of like intensity and deep love that they had for each other just felt a little bit unrealistic. Like, I'm like, that's not always how friendships are. Right. Um, and and then as time went on, it did get a little more realistic, but I do, I do enjoy when authors like acknowledge that, that sometimes, you know, that, that friendships can be a little more inconsistent with time. Sometimes there's tension. Sure tension or resentment, you know, like if one stolen husband's boyfriend. (laughs) Well, that doesn't happen quite as much in real life. (laughs) It does make for good fiction though. Okay. So that was my last one. What is your last pick? My last one is an intense friendship book. I really love this book. I don't know if I've read anything else by Sue Monk Kidd, but I read The Invention of Wings and Talk about tension in a friendship. It is about one of the Grimke sisters. And like the bad podcaster I am, I don't remember which one, but the Grimke sisters were abolitionists back and they were also Quakers. So they were totally against slavery for whatever reason. This sister is gifted a slave for her birthday who she does not want. I mean, to be gifted another human Mm -hmm. for your birthday. I think they're both around the same age. And I think this happens when she's around eight, I want to say. So it is about their relationship over the years. Um, At one point, I want to say that um, there's just a lot of tension. There's a lot of changes in this relationship or whatever, you know, can this really be a true friendship when one person owns the other? I mean, I think that's one Mm. of the questions, but also 
shows the in and you know the in and outs of their relationship over the days and things that would have affected it and it is so well written it's such a long um it was a long book it's one of those books that you think is like oh this book is still going on but i'm still so focused on it like i love the writing so much and it was just so interesting um her imagining of what this relationship must have been like because of course it is, it's one-sided in the sense that we, you know, of course, you do not know about this woman who was assigned to be her servant. You don't know what she thought. Of course, history would not have thought that it was important mm-hmm. to acknowledge or she wouldn't have written anything down. So this is just all from the knowledge of one woman's life and her letters and where she was and at what point this the other woman in her life disappeared. So. So it's it's historical, it's a skillful imagining, and it definitely has the ups and downs and the tensions that you would expect in a relationship that is forced. I think that's so interesting that the different dimensions we've covered on the show about different types of friendships. So friendship with someone who's not alive, friendship with, with someone you own, and like what like you say, like, how can that truly be a friendship? You can't be equals, you can't be peers. Um, that's really interesting. All right. Do you want to do quickly a backlist book? Um, yeah, sure. You ready? Yeah. I had picked a backlist book and then I forgot which one I picked. So you go first. Okay. I'll go first. And while I'm talking. Oh no, I know what, I know what it is. Okay. Where you want to go first? No, you can go. Okay. So my backlist book has nothing to do with friendship and it is called Best Boy by Eli Gottlieb. And this is a book about a man who is autistic and he is in his, I'm going to say he's in his fifties and he's living in a group home for people who have sort of mental or, you know, mental issues or living on the spectrum or some type of disability. And it's about his existence and then also his relationship with his younger brother. So he has a younger brother from whom he has been estranged for a long time, but for whom he still has very warm feelings. And his mother has died. And that's why he's, you know, living in this institution with few visitors and not much of a life outside of this institution, but he's constantly awaiting a visit from his brother. And it is told through the perspective of the man who has autism. So it has, you know, another a glimpse into that life. This came out before, I think before autism fiction got kind of hot, which happened with like Eleanor Oliphant. And, you know, there's other books out there that I feel like have kind of Maybe even like Curious Incident. But didn't um, the, yeah, didn't the Curious Incident kick that off? Yeah. Um, and this may have been after that one. But um, I don't think this book got a ton of attention, but I thought it was really good. Uh, and I think that the author has a sibling who has autism. So it's very much in his own life experience. And um, I just, I think he's a really good writer. And I, I just, it was a, it was a sad book, but it was, I thought he did a 
really nice job of sort of giving this man like dimension and humanity and emotion, even though that's not what th- those aren't things that you normally ascribe to people who have autism. So um, that is called Best Boy by Eli Gottlieb. So the book that is my backlist book is One Amazing Thing by Chitra Banerjee Deepakaruni. And I love this book so much. I was just, when I thought of this as my backlist book, I went to look to see if I had written, if I had written, if I had read any other books by her and I have not, which is scandalous because I love this book so much. And I think that she's such a great writer. So, um, it opens with a young woman. She's sitting in an Indian passport and visa office. She's in an unidentified city in the United States. I say that I got the vibe that it was California from reading this book. So she is observing the employees around her, um, the other people who are in the passport office attending to business and just kind of you know, ruminating a little bit about their lives when an earthquake happens. And then they are all trapped in this office together, like buried under rubble. Um, They don't have much expectation that they are going to be rescued. And they go around and they start telling each other stories, like they start sharing things from their lives. So that is what this book is about. It is so good. It was so beautifully written. And just the things that the characters share and how they come together for each other in such a dire circumstance was so good. And just, um, I don't know, just to see the connections that they formed. It was such a great book. I need to sit myself down, figure out what else she has written and get my hands on something stacked because I thought she was so great. And as I look at the list of things that she's written over the years, they've all been things that I've been interested in. There's one called Before We Visit the Goddess, The Mistress of Spices. Um, Yeah. So I have Hmm. my work cut out for me. Yeah. I think you would really like this book. I think you would really like her writing. Uh, I don't think it, yeah, I have never heard of it, so I would like to try it. All right. So I think that's it. That's our show for today. Um, all right. Well, I'm off to the baseball game to celebrate Labor Day with the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, although it will probably be long past Labor Day when this show actually goes it on It probably air. will be. Yeah. And then by that time, I will be football because your season That's right 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 is right see, now and our months of overlap next week so you're going to be like right. can we record sunday night and be like no <laughs> <laughs> we cannot all right. all right well we'd love to hear your favorite books about friendship so hit us up on facebook instagram send us an email let us know which are your favorite books about friendship and what type of friendship is covered in the book And until then, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. 
finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks. Thanks.